New Hope Church. Hope you are doing well on this Super Bowl Sunday. Hope you plan on watching the game later with some friends and family members, maybe some people that you can invest and invite back to church. Let me tell you about a series we're starting next Sunday that you do not want to miss. It's titled Guardrails. Have you ever noticed when you cross over a bridge or you go around a bend, have you ever noticed that there are guardrails on the sides of the road? They keep us safe. They keep us out of danger. They keep our car, if you will, between the lines. I don't know about you, but I often find myself hoping and praying that I can just simply keep my life in between the lines, if you know what I mean. That's exactly what guardrails is about, because the Word of God has laid out for us clear guardrails that protect the Christian. And if the wise Christian will implement and put up these guardrails in their lives, they can follow Christ and go the distance with integrity and righteousness and passion for Jesus. That's next Sunday. Let me tell you about today. He's no stranger to you. Pastor Chad Lunsford, our connections and teaching pastor, will bring the word today. Chad is a friend of mine. He is a great staffer. He has become a respected and valued and appreciated Bible communicator at our church. And I'm so excited you get to hear from him once again. So grab those teaching notes, get that pen out, bring that Bible. If you don't have your Bible, be sure to bring it next week with your friends to guardrails. But open up that Bible, open up your tablet, whatever you need to do. Lean in and let's ask God to minister to us today through Chad Lunsford. So glad you're in the house of God today. Let's give him a warm, warm new hope welcome. Thank you guys very much. It's my honor to be here. It's uh, my honor to, uh, to uh, stand on the stage every opportunity I get to, uh, to stand in for Pastor Benji and uh, give him a break when he needs it and he can be at other places whenever needed as well. But uh, welcome to all, you, all of you. How, are you. how are you guys doing? You guys are sounding pretty good. Uh, so happy big game Sunday. And uh, I, I don't know who you're pulling for. I'm pulling for the Colts. Um, if if, if you look closely today, they're playing, all right? Just you got to look closely. As a, as a diehard, lifelong Colts fan, I'm convinced that Peyton Manning is playing for the Colts today. So it helps me sleep at night. So that's, 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 what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. There's going to be a lot of noise made across the country, probably across the world, as people are watching this game. Uh, and I just wonder how much noise maybe we can make here at Central Campus and all the campuses. If you're just glad to be here today, to be awake today, that you have a God who loves you, why don't we make some noise up in this place? That's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. So, welcome to those of you at Central. Welcome to all of our campuses. I've been texting with all of your campus pastors today. I know they're in uh, great moods, excited for everything that's happening at your campuses uh, today. Great things are in store. Uh, I'm going to have a bit of a condensed message today because at all of our campuses, uh, whenever I'm uh, done speaking, we're actually going to be partaking in Holy Communion at all of our campuses. So, I'm just going to condense it a little bit and uh, we want to make sure we have time for Holy Communion today. As we're spending time together, uh, we're going to be focusing on a core element here at New Hope. There's a foundational uh, principle that undergirds everything that we do, and that's going to be my focus today. And I really want to make sure that at all of our campuses, we get to dial in 
to that. It's, it's really important to everything that we do. In thinking about this core element, there was one line that kept coming up to me as I was preparing for this message. The, the, the line is this, all people fall, some get up. All people fall, some get up. And I want, I want you to be thinking about that throughout the message today. I, in fact, I, I challenge you to be thinking about it this week as you're praying, as you're driving to work, as you're uh, getting your kids up, whatever it might be, all people fall, but some get up. And it's my, uh, my belief, I'm convinced that if, if you put this core principle into practice that we're going to talk about today, you'll be one of those that get up. You'll be one of those that get up. You'll fall. Falling happens. All people fall, but some get up. And thinking about falling, I couldn't help but uh, think of my son. I've, I've got a toddler. His name's Aiden. I've, I've talked about him before. And if you've been around a toddler for at least 30 seconds at any point in your life, you've probably seen that toddler fall 30 times, right? Like toddlers, they, that's just what they do. Like they fall all the time. And I'm, as I watch my son, like he falls on everything, right? Like he'll fall on toys that he's playing with. He'll fall on shoes that are left around. He'll fall on feet like that are attached to bodies, right? Like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll fall on pillows. He'll fall on blankets. The other day, I, I'm pretty sure that air knocked him over, right? He was just standing there and he just fell, right? Like they will fall on things that they don't see. They'll fall on things they do see. They'll fall on things they just fell on, right? Like you've seen this, right? Like he'll go this way and he'll fall and he'll get up and he'll go this way and he'll fall. I'm like, son, like what's wrong with you, right? Like, come on. But, but we, we kind of understand this. We kind of get this. Like as we age, as we grow, our view of the world expands, right? The things we see, the things we comprehend uh, they, they, they tend to expand. Now, here's the thing. Age and experience don't always mean that you're going to grow, right? We, 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 we know this. Age and experience don't automatically mean that you're going to grow because as our view expands, it never happens on its own. As, as we grow, as we see more, growth never happens on its own. And catch this, we never see everything. No matter how old we get, no matter how many years we have, to, to live on this earth, we never see everything. In fact, age and experience don't equal growth to the point you, you've, you've seen an athlete, right? You, you can picture this, an athlete who practices and practices and practices, but they don't actually get better because they're practicing the wrong thing, right? Th- this can happen, right? You know, someone can go out and they can be shooting hoops. They can shoot a thousand hoops a day, but if they're shooting it the wrong way, they're not going to get better. The best athletes in the world have coaches, who encourage them when they're down, who help them see what they can't see and make them better. The best athletes have coaches that are in their corner. See, everybody trips. Everybody trips. Now, some literally trip more than others, right? There's just some are blessed with, with, with coordination and some are not. But in life, in life, everybody trips. Everybody stumbles from time to time. It's not just you. The truth is it's all of us. In fact, Jesus said this to his disciples once in Luke 17. He said, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. I want to sit on that today. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Jesus says they're, they're going to happen, right? He's looking out at humanity. He's saying, you will trip, you will fall. It's just kind of part of the human equation in a fallen world. You will trip and fall. All of us will trip. All of us will stumble. Things will happen that cause us to question our faith. 
Maybe it'll cause us to question God's presence or God's love for us. Maybe you'll begin to question somebody else in your life. Maybe uh, a health issue will, will rock you. Maybe you'll begin to see a relationship that's falling apart. Maybe uh, you'll be in a season as a family that's just kind of tough. For all of us, we all have things that will cause us to trip and to stumble. Jesus says it's going to happen. These things are bound to come. But here's the thing about tripping. In most cases, in most cases, if you saw the obstacle coming, you wouldn't fall. If you saw it coming, you most likely wouldn't fall, right? Like we had a lot of ice and snow around the Carolinas this week. If you uh, slipped on a layer of ice, right? Like if you would have seen the ice or if you would have seen the trip coming, you probably would have made the decision to walk around it, right? Or catch this. So when my wife was a freshman in high school, all right, I asked permission to share this story, by the way. When she was a freshman in high school, you got you to catch this line. She tripped on a hurdle, like a hurdle you'd see like on a, on a you know, track, you know. She tripped on a hurdle while playing basketball, all right? Tripped on a hurdle while playing basketball and broke her ankle and was, was off her feet for several months. I'm guessing, I, I think she likes to tell the story that she didn't see the hurdle, right? And so I evidently the track team was like in the auxiliary gym the night before practicing, didn't push the hurdles all the way back. She was playing basketball in gym class, tripped on it and and broke her ankle. She likes to think if she would have seen the hurdle, she wouldn't have fallen on it and broken her ankle, right? Like if you're going to break your ankle, you want a great heroic story, right? Not I tripped on a hurdle while playing basketball, but nonetheless, she, she did. The same is true with us in life. Things happen. Things we couldn't foresee, things we didn't see coming down the road. And when they do, when things happen that cause us to trip, that cause us to stumble, we either say one of two things. I'm so glad I'm pre- I was prepared or I wish I had planned ahead. When things that come that we didn't foresee, we either say, I'm so glad I was prepared or I wish I had planned ahead. When my wife and I bought our first home, we bought an old 19th century home. It was built in the late 1800s. And so when we bought it, we bought a home warranty. Maybe you've heard of these warranties. And so if something wrong happens to your house that's covered in this warranty, you just simply pay a deductible and the warranty company will take care of everything else. So we bought a two-year home warranty. When we bought our home, right, within the first two years, the, uh, the water heater burst and flooded our basement. And we paid 75 bucks and, like, the warranty company took care of all of it. Within those first two years, there was a major defect in our roof that we had to get replaced. And we paid a $75 deductible and the warranty company replaced it. Still within that two-year period, our furnace completely went out and had to be completely replaced. And we paid $75 and they, they took care of all of it. At the end of those two years, I was like, I'm so glad we were prepared, right? Now, I could have at the end of that said, man, I wish we had planned ahead. When you think back on moments when you've stumbled, moments that have caused you to trip, moments you didn't see coming, when you look back on those moments, I wonder how those moments would be different if others were there to surround you. When you look back on some of those lowest moments of your life, maybe you're in one right now, how would those moments have been different if there were others there to surround you? How would things have changed if when you were overwhelmed at work or at school, there was a group of people who surrounded you and took care of you? How would things have been different when your marriage was falling apart if there were other couples who came alongside of you and said, we're going to get you through this. We're we're, we're all in this together. 
How would things have been different if when your kids were kind of going astray, there were other families that surrounded you and said, no, 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 no. we're not going to let you go off the tracks. We're, we're, we're with you in this. How would things have been different for your husband, right? When, when he was beginning to stray, if other men came around him and said, no, 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 we're not letting you, we're not letting you go off the tracks. We're, we're standing beside you. How would things have been different for your wife when she was going through a tough season of life if there were other ladies around her who said, we're going to get through this together. We're on your side. How would things have been different when you felt alone, because we've all had those moments, when you felt alone and as though no one understood what you were going through, if there was a group that was surrounding you who just accepted you where you were, how would moments have been different if others were there to surround you? Because here's the deal. The truth is, you and I were not made to live alone. We weren't made to live alone. The Bible says that we're made in God's image. We're made after his likeness. And God exists in community, Father, Son, and Spirit. God exists in community. We are created, we are made to exist in community. And if we don't have it, we'll sorely feel the effects. One of the things that we like to say around here is life is better connected. You've heard us say that before at all of our campuses. Life is better connected. Maybe the the theological way to say it is you are made for connection. God actually created you, created you to exist in community, to connect with him and to connect with one another. So often we prize independence, right? That's just sort of a, a cultural thing, especially in the West. We prize independence, but you're made for interdependence. Life is better connected. In fact, we're made for connection. You need others and others need you. That's just how we're made. In fact, over time, psychologists have discovered that there's uh, at least five things that we all need. Every one of us, none of us are exempt from this. We all need these five things to feel fulfilled relationally and emotionally. So science has looked at this and and said they, they agree with this statement. They call them the five A's. Maybe you've heard of them before. The five A's are this, acceptance, affection, appreciation, approval, and attention. Let me read those again. Acceptance, affection, appreciation, approval, and attention. Psychologists say we all need these five things. And here's why I bring it up. The the first reason is this. No one's exempt. We are made for community, right? Science has actually observed, yes, this is true. They can see this. We are made for community. And here's the, the second reason I bring it up. No one's exempt. And no one person can provide this for you. No one's exempt. And no one person can provide this for you. Not a spouse. Not a friend. Not a parent. Not a child. No one person can provide this for you. In fact, we can see a lot of this playing out on social media, right? There's, there's good effects of this. Like if you've ever had a birthday on Facebook and like a hundred people are telling you happy birthday, it's kind of a cool thing, right? But there's a lot of the negative effects of people trying to seek out these five A's on social media as well. Social media will only skim the surface of fulfilling this for you. No one person can provide this for you or for anyone, No one person. And see, if we aren't getting these things, if we're not having them come into our lives, we will do all kinds of destructive things to get them. We've all seen this, right? Like people will work too hard and too long just to be appreciated. 
Right? We've seen this, right? People will be with the wrong people. They'll be in bad relationships just so they can get affection or approval. Right? We've we've seen people, maybe we've been, uh, maybe we'd be guilty of this, who who dress inappropriately to get attention. We all have a, a need for these and no one person can fulfill them for us. All people fall, guys, catch this. All people fall, some get up. All people fall, some get up. We are designed to be together. Now, see, here's the deal with this message. This all people fall, some get up. Now, you might think this is sort of a self-help kind of message, right? It's a, it's a message on resilience. It's a message on, you know, every time you fall, you know, you know get up again. It's, it's not a message like that at all. In fact, here's what the message is about. And I hope everyone hears this today at, at all of our campuses. What I hope you hear today is how you were made. That you'll discover what's really, really important. And you'll begin to make it a priority in your life. That community, that being together, it's not just a good thing. It's not just a good idea that we talk about at church. You are made for this. You are made for community. So there's three things I want to share today. Three things I want to share about falling and rising that I've noticed in my son. I've noticed it actually in all of my kids as they were growing. I've noticed it in life, and I think they're all applicable to every one of us. So here's, here's the first one. Number one, having others in our lives means someone is there when we need it. Having others in our lives means someone is there when we need it. Not if we need it, right? Because Jesus says, all will stumble, or all are bound to fall. Someone is there when we need it. So my son, like I said, he falls a lot, like all day long. But when he needs it, he's so glad that there's someone there to pick him up, right? Ecclesiastes 4 says it this way. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Verse 12 says it like this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. See, here's the deal. When we fall, we don't like to ask for help, right? Like like when we need the help is the moment where we don't want to ask for help. We just hope that there's others out there who know what we need and they, they come to our side, right? When we need help, we don't want to ask for it, but it's when we need it the most, right? I can, I can picture one time when I fell as a, as, a, as a middle schooler. I was walking into school. It's probably around this time of year, so it was incredibly cold out in Indiana. Serious ice and snow on, on all the pavement. I was walking into school, and somehow, before I knew it, my feet were over my head, and I was like falling back on the snow and ice. Now, there's lots of bad places to fall, but middle school is like the worst, right? Like, I don't... I think we can say, like, if you, like, if you fell, well, I won't go into all the different options. Let's just say middle school is the worst, right? Because there's, like, pointing and laughing and, like, it's, it's a terrible place to fall. And I remember, I, I thought I was walking with friends. <laughs> and yet, when I was on my back looking up, there was a whole lot of pointing and laughing, right? Now, in that moment, I would have loved if someone would have just reached down to help me up. But there's no way I was going to ask for help, right? Somehow on the ice, you just got to figure out how to get back up as quickly as possible, right? When we fall, we can't ask for help. Whenever we've tripped and stumbled, we know what this feels like. It feels like the world's caving in on us. And if we haven't developed that team that's already around us, we feel very lonely, don't we? We feel very, very lonely in those moments. Now, see, when those moments come, we 
want to blame everyone around us for not coming to our rescue. When we fall and people aren't running to our rescue, with the exception of middle school, that's just a whole different sort of paradigm, right? But when we fall and people don't run to our rescue, we blame the world. We blame everybody else around us. But the truth is, in most cases, we haven't prioritized relationships. We haven't prioritized healthy relationships. And so we know what that looks like when we've fallen and there's really no one there to walk alongside of us and help us up. I got to witness the opposite of this about a week ago. Uh, A dear, faithful New Hoper, and I asked if I could share this, and they said, absolutely. They said, please do share it. Um, Just recently had surgery. In fact, the surgery took uh, twice as long as they thought. Uh, Just recently, they discovered he has stage four kidney cancer. And he actually has some, some other uh, masses in his chest. And so he went in for surgery. Surgery was supposed to take about eight or nine hours. In fact, there were two surgeries back to back. going to take eight or nine hours. And it almost took twice as much as that. And when my wife and I went to the hospital and we were sitting with his wife, I thought, you know, she'll be there and maybe some of her friends will be there. Or not some of her friends, but some of her, like her family will be there. But I was struck. They had like this whole team of people that were there with them. And most of them I didn't know. Now, there were New Hoopers that had come before as we were leaving. My wife and I ran into New Hoopers who were coming. But all the people who were sitting there with them, I I asked her later, who were those people? I I don't know any of them. I don't think they're New Hoopers. Who are they? And she said, oh, those are people from our small group, from our old church, from the state we used to live in. And most of those people don't even live in that state anymore. They're not even living close to one another. But whenever this guy found out he had to go into surgery, they changed all their plans to make sure they were here and sitting with her during the surgery. And they sat with her that entire day. They sat with her for days. They drove. They flew just so they could be together so that when he fell, they weren't alone. Everybody falls. Everybody trips. Everybody stumbles. But when you do, who's there to pick you up? Having others around us means when we fall, there's someone there when we need it. Number two, having others in our lives can prevent future falling. Having others in our lives can prevent future falling. Now, my son falls a lot, but he doesn't fall as often as he would if his mom and I weren't looking out for him. Right? There are just times that we sort of like see what's coming and we kind of like redirect him. Like, dude, don't, don't, you just tripped on that. Go this way, right? Or we'll see like he's walking towards our feet. And if possible, we can move them like we'll move them, right? Like we get things out of his way. So having others in our lives can prevent future falling. Galatians 6, the message summarizes it this way. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. I like how it says that. You might be the one needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down to those who have fallen and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. Isn't that a great passage? Share one another's burdens. We all have them. They all feel pretty heavy when we're carrying them alone, but they they feel a lot lighter when we're doing it together. See, I've got people in my life who will look out for me. People who will text me or call me or email me or whatever it might be. They might just stop by and they say, hey, you seem off. You okay? And like, we all need that. I was struck a a few months ago, uh, a new hooper, a young lady. um, She she met me out in the rotunda and she said, hey, I heard your wife was having a bad day. It's a friend of hers. She said, I heard your wife's having a bad day. 
And if it's okay, I just wanted to let her know that I'm thinking about her. I'm praying for her. In fact, I went out and bought a Chick-fil-A gift card. So at some point, and so she doesn't have to worry about fixing lunch or dinner or whatever she needs to do, or if she just wants to get away by herself, lunch is on me. And gave me this Chick-fil-A gift card. And I went and showed it to my wife, and she was just so blessed by it. Who's looking out for you? Who's seeing things that are coming down the road and saying, I'm not going to let you get there. I'm going to be looking out for you. You need someone who says, I don't think you should have said that to your wife. <laughs> you need to go back and apologize. You need someone who says, yeah, I think you're off here. I, I don't know if you see this, but I think you're missing it. And I, I think you need to get back on track or you need to go set that straight. We all need those people in our lives. You need someone who says, this too shall pass. I've been in this. I know what it feels like. It's going to pass over. And here's the deal. At some point in the future, you'll be the one saying that to somebody else, right? You need to be around others so that when they're falling and you've been through it, you can come alongside them and say, I know it doesn't feel like this is going to pass. I know what this feels like in this moment. You just feel like there's just rocks on top of you. But I promise you, this too shall pass. And then all that pain suddenly becomes worth it, doesn't it? Whenever you can share that with someone else. Who's looking out for you? Whose back do you have? You see, having others in our lives can prevent future falling. Number three, having others in our lives can expand our view, can expand our view. You see, I know my son will be better in the future because I'm helping him see his surroundings. I know he's not going to be falling forever, right? I, I can have confidence in that. Part of the reason I can have confidence is in that is because I see my, my older daughters, right? Like they're not falling on the same things. They might be falling on new things, but they're not falling on the, on the same old things. And what's really cool is that they will actually come alongside their brother and help him. So they're not just being helped anymore, but they're actually being helpers. How cool is that? Right? I have confidence that he is going to get better. We need others in our lives to move us forward. So I'm continually walking beside him and saying, hey, buddy, like you, you need to get these things right. Like I'll say, hey, don't don't stick your hand in the door hinge. Right. Bad idea. Right. We, we've all we've all seen that. Like, hey, buddy, don't don't stand on your chair. This is going to end poorly. Right. Hey, buddy, it's more fun to play outside of the cabinets than it is to play inside the cabinets. Right. Hey, 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 bud, if, if, if you grab your diaper while I'm changing you, it's going to get really messy really fast. Right. Like, don't go there. Now, part of, part of what I'm doing is telling him what not to do. But a larger part is I'm telling him what to do. I'm, I'm helping him see what he should be doing with his days, his minutes, and his hours. Right now, he's just a toddler, but it's all part of the learning process. I'm helping him see what he should be doing. I wonder, are you building a team of people around you who are building you up, who are expanding your view, who are seeing things in you that you don't quite see yet, and they're making you better for it? Hebrews 10 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I love that. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. Who's spurring you on? Who's encouraging you? Who's provoking the best out of you? You need people around you who see something you can't quite see just yet. If you're a leader, one of the most important tools you need is self-awareness and you need others to give it to you, right? You need people around you who aren't afraid to say the hard things and who aren't afraid to say the good things as well. You need self-awareness. We're made for this give and take to be encouraged and to encourage others. You see, having others in our lives can expand our view. All people fall, some get up. 
The key to rising after falling is to never fall alone. All people fall, some get up. The key to rising after falling is to never fall alone. Right? We, we know people who have fell, fallen on hard times, right? They've, they've hit rock bottom, but they've never really recovered. Now, we, we get falling, right? Like, that happens. But we've seen people who just, they can't figure out how to get back up. But it's hard, catch this, it's hard to stumble out of community. You can stumble, you can fall, but if there's a group of people that are surrounding you, it's hard to, to, to stumble in such a way that you just fall off the tracks and can't get back on. If there's others around you who are keeping you on track. So what, right? Community is important. What do I want you to do with it? Here, here's what I want you to do with, with this message. Here's what I want you to do with this idea. Prioritize community. Prioritize community. See, here's the deal. At New Hope, we have well over a thousand people who are in life groups, and I'm convinced not a one of them has time for it. They've just prioritized it. It's important to them, so they've, they've placed it in their life and in their schedule. Prioritize community. See, since we believe that life is better connected at New Hope, we've put a whole system in place for it. We call it life groups. If you're not in a life group, I want to highly encourage you to get in one. We're going to start a brand new semester here in two weeks. We do semester-based life groups. They last 12 weeks at a time, so you're not committed forever, right? They're, they're 12 weeks. They're sermon-based, so we take Sunday's message, we turn it into curriculum, and we equip and we train our leaders, walk alongside them throughout all of it. And tomorrow night, there's an event we call GroupLink. Maybe you've heard about GroupLink. GroupLink is, a, is an event. It's tons of fun, all right? It's, a, it's, a, it's really a blast. You get to meet other New Hopers. You get to get to know others. If you're not in a group, you come. You get to talk with other group leaders. You get to talk with other people who are not in groups. And together, we help you find the best fit. It happens at all of our campuses. GroupLink. If you're not in a group, can I highly encourage you to come and join us? You can register online, or you can just come to the campus, whatever campus you're at, tomorrow night and join us. If you are in a group, can I, can I challenge you with this? Can you take the principles that I shared and make sure that you're 100% all in in your group? Take them and make sure that you are 100% all in. Now, we have some great groups here at New Hope. I mean, some just phenomenal groups, some great group leaders. And so I, I called up several of them. And I was like, hey, I'd love to get you guys on video and share with New Hope what it's like to be in a life group. And so we recently sat down with a bunch of them and said, hey, we, can you just share with New Hope what it's like? And uh, they just did a phenomenal job in doing this. And so I want to invite you guys to take a look at this. It's like, woe to a man who stumbles and falls and there's not somebody there to pick him up. And it is really is, is that, you know, you know, the friend is there to help you up. And, you know, that's it. It's, it's a, the groups are about help. New Hope is a large church. And it can be intimidating when you walk through those doors. But the, the, the real um, engagement that we have through our group, we feel like family when we come in the door now. Just knowing that I have someone to call on, someone to pray with me. It's amazing to have people celebrate my life with me. And during the challenging times, people there to pray with me and encourage me. 
One of the things that groups does is, you know, I always heard a message is that you need somebody who's above you to sew into you, and then you need somebody like you, iron sharpens iron, then you need someone that you can sew into. And I think that's what's powerful about life groups is you have that opportunity every week, somebody as in a different walk of life, and it's so encouraging that, you know, I may be down and somebody could be up, and they're able to get reach down and help me up that week. And that's the thing about the synergy uh, of the group, you know, where two is better than one. Concerns that we have about joining a New Hope Life group. The thing that I hesitated at was, well, if I do one, am I like committed to it for life? And that just seemed really scary. I guess the biggest concern in the beginning was, would I be able to open up, and you know, would I would I be accepted by everyone? The fear of the unknown, the fear of being forced to share whether or not I would click, whether or not I would really connect with these people, and we did. It was an amazing experience, and I'm thrilled that. It worked out so well, and I'm glad I gave it a chance. GroupLink um, is a place where you can um, meet other people um, and join a life group that that you actually fit in. At the, the moment you walk in the door, uh, it, it is a party atmosphere. It's a celebration. We're celebrating the fact that you want to come in and be a part of God's family. It, it was an amazing, fun night, and, and I would recommend it to anybody to, to come do it. You can go around, talk to different leaders, talk to different members, and figure out what's right for you. Because part of it being in a successful group for you as an individual is finding people that you gel with. So it's a great way to actually test out a group before actually attending a meeting, because you can actually meet some of the people who you'll be doing life together with. For someone who's on the fence, uh, I would say cast your fear aside. Give it a shot, definitely. You're missing out if you're not part of a life group. Go to a group, it will change your life, no doubt. So if you're a doubter, like we were, <laughs> come to GroupLink, check it out, because <laughs> it works. If you're on the fence of coming to GroupLink, why not? You know, it's what, an hour, hour and a half of your time? At the very least, you're going to meet someone new who you'll probably like. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.